the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you have a scarcity mindset, you, you're thinking, man, i got to hold on to it because it's, it's about to get gone. People who live with a scarcity mindset, they're usually not generous. And here's what's crazy. Very poor people can live with an abundance mindset, and very rich people can live with a scarcity mindset. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus Christ like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhillchurch.com. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Have y'all ever seen, seen the signs that folks hold up and say the end is near? <laughs> um, I've been for a, a number of times recently down to the county courthouse. And it's just not my style. I'm, I'm not going to condemn it. But there's, a, there's always folks out there with a sign and, and there's always a street preacher out there. And here, here's what I believe. As long as they're preaching truth, at least the truth is getting out there. Um, but Peter's saying, Hey! Sorry, I woke you up. Uh, the end is near. Now, when did he write this? 2016? No. So was he wrong? No. He's saying, I want you to live with urgency. I want you to live with awareness. I want you to live with a holy fear of God. As I've been reading through God's word, there's something, there's something about a fear of God that I've gotten away from in my life. You see it all over the pages of the Old Testament. An awareness that if I fear God properly, I don't need to fear anything else. Because the God I fear is bigger than anything else I could fear. So I don't panic. I don't worry. But I live with urgency and expectancy. And so he then says, therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most importantly of all, continue to show your deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. So notice Peter's focus. He says, stay earnest, stay sober-minded, stay clear-headed, and pray. Now, I reminded you, every chapter of 1 Peter deals with this. It deals with the theme of hope, it deals with the theme of clear-mindedness, and it deals with the reality of suffering. And so here he's saying, hey, don't be surprised by what you face. Don't be surprised by how people treat you. In fact, the end is coming, so be clear-headed and pray. And in fact, when when I visit England, everywhere over there, now it's over here, there are all these keep calm um, things. Hey, Peter's saying, keep calm and pray. Just keep calm and pray. He's saying, worry less, pray more. Watch and pray. It's the Old Testament idea of the watchman on the wall. When you're headed in the battle, make sure that you're watching out, but then you're living in prayer. And then notice what he says, though. This is what, I love this. He says, love. Remember, love recklessly. Why? And we've quoted this. A lot of you that don't know any other verses, you you quote this. You may not even realize where it was in scripture, but you've told somebody, you know, love covers a multitude of sins. 
That word cover, you know what it means? It means to cover. <laughs> it's simple. It, it means to provide a covering. But it's a flashback to the Old Testament sacrificial system. Because when the blood would be shed of a goat or a lamb, you know what that would be? That would become a covering. And what did it cover? The sins of the people. So when Christ died on the cross, guess what that was? It was a covering. He he covered the sins of you and me. And so Peter is saying, in light of Jesus, remember that's how he began. He began, since you know all of this, in light of the, the, the cross, in light of what Christ has done, you understand you, you've got to love recklessly too. You, you've got to cover a multitude of sins. And it, it literally means to, um, to hide. And we're not good at that. We're not good at that because we live in a culture where everything is exposed. It really is. It started years ago just when you would go through the grocery store. And, and even as I was a child, you would see the National Enquirer. I mean, that, that's where this new exposure began to take place in our world. But then with the Internet age, you do understand everything's exposed, right? I'm not a conspiracy theory. But you do realize you, you all have a digital footprint if, if you're online. Teenagers, you recognize anything you put on, on Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Twitter, anything you email. I mean, that doesn't just go away into nowhere, no matter how many times you erase it. So we're exposed. And, and, and so as a result, as Christ followers, guess what? We're not good at covering. And so here's how it looks in the church. You know, you've seen it. Hey, did you hear about brother so-and-so? No, what happened? Well, he really blew it. This week, I was with another pastor who was speaking to a group of pastors. And he thought he was encouraging, telling about how he had helped the church. And he got up, and in front of the group, he didn't call a name, but in front of the group, he just tore apart this pastor that had just blown it. That's not love covering sin. You see, Peter understood this because he was a student of the word too. He understood Proverbs. And Proverbs 17, 9 says, whoever covers an offense seeks love. He who repeats a matter separates close friends. What do we call the person who repeats a matter? A gossip. So when you, I don't care if you say, hey, pray for brother so-and-so. I don't care how you couch it. When you're repeating the sins of someone else, you're, you're not doing a positive thing. You're revealing, you're not covering. To cover is the opposite of gossip. In Proverbs eleven thirteen, it says, whoever goes about slandering reveals secret, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. Love covers. Now, I, I got to keep moving. Why is this reckless? Why would I say love recklessly? Because I want you to think about what Jesus did. <laughs> this is good because I was headed here, but I saw it illustrated yesterday in a fantastic way. Let me tell you what Jesus did. So here we are down here. And you know what the Bible says all of us are? We are all what? Sinners. And what do we say sin cost? Death. And so who's going to die? 
Either, either us for our sin or Jesus. So here's what's happening. Why does it cause death? Because sin has to be punished. It's the wage of sin. So the wage satisfies the anger of God. That's what propitiation means when we talk about it theologically, that Jesus took the anger of God. So what happens? Here's God's wrath. God's, God's coming to slam down on us. This is, this is me and you down here. God's coming to slam down on me and you. He's coming to d- demonstrate his anger as a result of our sin and just as he comes down Jesus steps in and covers us that's kind of reckless <laughs> to, to, to come up under that and so here if you're here today and you've never begun a relationship with Jesus Christ please hear me in just a moment I'm going to ask you to let Jesus once and for all it only takes once this isn't something you do every week It takes one time to say, Jesus, I want you to cover that which I can never cover. If I don't depend on you, I'm going to, I'm going to see the weight of God's judgment upon me. And I beg you in the name of Christ, if you've not begun that relationship, let today be the day of your salvation. But if you've got a relationship with Christ, let's start loving recklessly like him. Let's start covering others okay love recklessly the third thing is this give generously give generously say give generously for you have the gifts of God that's what this passage is going to tell us everything you do know everything you have is on loan right some of you don't realize that and that's why your life is so screwed up because you're acting like an owner and you were never intended to be an owner you are simply a manager And the Bible calls that a steward. And so what Peter's going to tell us is that which you have, make sure you steward well. Make sure you manage it well. See, there's two kinds of of ways that you look at that which you have. And I'm not just talking about your earthly possessions. You'll see that in a moment. There's two ways you look at that. You either look that, that God has given you everything you have, so you live with an abundance mentality, or you think that you've got all that you've got, and, and so you live with a scarcity mentality. If you live with abundance mindset... You think, hey, I'm always going to have more than enough. Why? Because that's one of the names of my God. He's more than enough. If I live with a scarcity mindset, what do I think? I'm never going to have enough. I'm just telling you. So abundance has a context, in, literally, of the oceans. And, and so we could go about 40 minutes from here, well, this time of year, an hour and 40 minutes from here, and, and we could watch the waves come in, and they're just going to keep coming. And you're never going to think, I wonder what day the waves are going to stop coming in. They don't. They just keep coming. That's the idea of abundance. Abundance mindsets believes you can't outgive God, and so it leaves you to live generously, to live open-handed, and to share with others. If you have a scarcity mindset, you, you're thinking, man, I've got to hold on to it because it's, it's about to get gone. And, and so people who, live with, people who live with a scarcity mindset, they're usually not generous. And here's what's crazy. Very poor people can live with an abundance mindset, and very rich people can live with a scarcity mindset. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the Watch tab at MissionHillChurch.com. Thanks for sharing time with us and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at MissionHillChurch.com. And now, with more of today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. 
Those with scarcity mindset don't give. They do run out. And those with an abundance mindset, guess what? They do give generously and they never run out. Why? Because God is more than enough. And so Peter, that's just a bonus. But Peter says in verse 10, God's given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Say, thank you, God. So use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking to you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory. There's that word glory. Say glory. Glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Listen to this quote by J.H. Newman. God has created me to do for him some definite service. He's committed some work to me, which he's never committed to another. I have his mission. What has God created you to do? He's created you to do that for which you were made. He's created you to do something that he hasn't created anybody else to do. He's created you unique and he's gifted you for that purpose. Peter is saying here several things. First, he's saying everyone has a gift. Say, I have a gift. That's what he says. God has given each of you. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you've been spiritually gifted. Now, don't miss this because some of you come from a different way of thinking theologically. Some of you think it's you're climbing a spiritual ladder. And when I get to the certain spiritual ladder, if God likes me enough, he's going to give me a spiritual gift. That is not scriptural, not in this passage or any of the other passages on spiritual gift. It's when we begin that relationship with Jesus Christ that he gifts us. So every one of us has a gift. It's a divine enabler. It's unique. And then he says, we are to steward or to manage that gift well. Now, how do we do that? Well, we discern that in, in service. I really believe that. So some of you are going, Pastor, I don't know. What's, what's my spiritual gift? Well, what do you find fulfillment and joy in doing when you do it? I, I don't know. I haven't done anything yet. Ding, 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 ding. I think you find it out in service. When God called me into ministry and I surrendered, when I knelt down by a bed just before I finished college and said, okay, God, I, I know I've studied political science and I have this path all figured out, but I surrender to you. I'm telling you, I knew the general call of God. I had no idea what he wanted me to do. I didn't know if he wanted to be a, a youth pastor the rest of my life or to, to go be a, a worship leader. I didn't know if he wanted me, me to, to be a preacher. But as I began to live out and do the variety of things, here's what I discovered. I, I find fulfillment. I, I find joy. I, I find that I'm gifted in these areas more than these areas. And, and that's where I want to spend my focus. And then Peter says, we do it all for his glory. You know, William Carey is the father of the modern missionary movement. He was a missionary to India and um, he had prepared, he pastored a small church, but he was also a linguist. He knew Latin, Greek, Hebrew, Dutch, and French. And so when he went to India, God used him as an educator. And did you know that William Carey is the one that coined the phrase that we've mentioned every week in this series? Expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. 
These spiritual gifts, if you want to study this more, because we're moving on, there are four gift passages in Scripture. You might just jot these down. Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, and then this passage, 1 Peter chapter 4. And you see, most would say there's about 21 gifts mentioned in Scripture, and they're not necessarily intended to be an exhaustive list. But in this particular passage, there are two primary gifts. They're speaking gifts and serving. He says, so if you've got a speaking gift, make sure you're using that. Speak well. If you've got a serving gift, make sure you're doing that. Serve well. And so I just want to challenge you again. This is a a small part of today's message. But understand, not just your financial resources, that's a part of it. But intrinsically within you, God has gifted you. And if you are to live obediently as a Christ follower, you've got to figure out how to do well what he created you to do. And until you do, you will be discontent. You will be unfulfilled, and you'll feel like you're just going through the motions. And everything we do, we're to do it for the glory of God. Hey, I would be crazy if I didn't tell you, you've got an opportunity, particularly any of you that have serving gifts, you've got an opportunity to do that in these next couple of weeks, because we need an army of servants as we prepare for two additional services on Easter weekend. And so this insert that you received in your bulletin gives you a way that you can sign up and utilize these serving gifts. Now, how do I do this? I just want to tell you this before I give you this last quick point. How do I do it? I I was with someone that I deeply loved just the other day, and and they said, Pastor, well, you just need more people because, as, as you know, only... 10 or 20% of the people do 80 or 90% of the work. Well, unfortunately, that's often true because a lot of folks haven't utilized and managed well their giftedness. But, so how do we do it? If you're that person, maybe you're sitting there and you're one of the workers. How do you do it? You're tired. Well, this passage is Peter's example of Paul's Philippians 4.13. You know what Philippians 4.13 is? I can do all things through what? Christ who strengthens me. So Peter says, you want to know how you utilize this gifting? You do it to the strength of God. So when you yield yourself, and I don't care whether it's financially, and some of you in just a moment when we come to a time of giving, you need to do this financially. You need to yield to the strength of God and say, God, I trust you in this area of my life. Others of you, you may need to be teaching a class, you need to, may need to be involved musically so that some, some of these folks can have a break once in a while. Uh, you may need to help with our greeter ministry, our hospitality ministry, you may need to serve in the nursery or, or help with our, our students. And we have a new student pastor that's beginning this week. I mean, there's so many ways for you to get involved. But, but some of you need to say, God, I, I'm, I'm not going to do that in my strength, I'm going to do it in yours. Don't sit on the sideline until you feel strong enough, just do it in his strength. Thank you, one of you. (laughs) You know what happens if I don't do it in his strength? It doesn't increase his kingdom. You know what it increases? If I'm doing it in my strength, it it increases my pride and it, it increases my potential to burn out. And that's why Paul would go on to say, hey, be careful. Don't grow weary in well doing. I love this quote from Oswald Chambers. One individual life may be of priceless value to God's purpose. And yours may be that life. So live passionately, love recklessly, give generously, 
And then, now some of you, you can't get to these first three because of what you're dealing with. Here's what I want to just tell you before I pray. Endure patiently. Endure patiently in light of the promises of God. Remember, it's not the promises that you make to God that are going to get you through. It's the promises he's already made to you. So he says in verse 12, we've now read it. This will be the third time. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. And then notice what it goes on to say down in verse 17. For the time has come for judgment and it must begin with God's household. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about suffering. We've dealt with that now for three weeks. But I want you to understand that Peter tells us two things we need to know about suffering again. Number one, don't be surprised when it happens. Number two, put a smile on your face when it happens. Learn to rejoice in the midst of suffering. So if I'm a Christ follower... He's telling me it's time to stop saying some stuff. It's time to stop saying, I can't believe this is happening to me. It's time to stop saying, I don't know why God would allow this happen to me. I'm his faithful child. It's time to stop saying, why doesn't God protect me? Because when we walk through suffering, we're identifying with the son of God. And by the way, in this passage right here, we're out of time. I'm not going to read the whole passage, but it says Jesus, the son of God, who was God. God did not spare not only his own son, he didn't spare himself from suffering. So stop thinking that if you just check off a list of boxes, you're going to have it easy. It's not easy, but even when it's not. We hold on to his promises and we endure. How quickly we forget. It's easy for us to sit in a Sunday school class and to laugh at the children of Israel who God had spared from all the things he had spared them from. And then they started complaining and we think, how in the world they complain? I mean, remember all the plagues, all that God had done and how he delivered them. And yet just look at our lives and, and think how quickly we forget the promises of God. Look at our nation. Remember what it was like after 9-11? Never forget. We didn't even have a hashtag back then. If we did, we'd say never forget. We were together. We're going to work together. God bless America. Man, we forget, don't we? And so Peter says, so it's, it's time for judgment here. And I, I just want to wrap this up with saying to us, The Lord really does, as it says in Proverbs 3.12, the Lord really does reprove those that he loves. And so you may be walking through something and God's just saying to you, I I want to use this in your life for my glory. But here's what I've got to ask. This daily decision, who's going to get the glory in my little corner of the world? I, I want you to see one more picture. It's the cross. You see, in history, when God chose to reveal his glory, think about this. In a lot of ways, from an earthly standpoint, the last time God chose to reveal his glory in a magnificent way, you know, we we don't follow around a tent or a tabernacle or a temple anymore. He, He chose to reveal his glory through his son on the cross 
And then ever since, he, he chooses to reveal his glory in us. So, so what you've got to decide is what, what's God got for me right around the corner for his glory that I'm missing out on because I'm not loving recklessly, because I'm not living passionately, because I'm not giving generously, or just simply because I'm not enduring patiently. Oh, brothers and sisters who are followers of Christ, I really do believe there's glory right around the corner. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, you're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhillchurch.com. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement, but it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhillchurch.com and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhillchurch.com. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk, a.m. 570 and 910.